0: This is Current K2T.
1: Yo, this is Toby Colossus,
0: and you are listening to the Think Breaks podcast. Welcome back to season two. Episode seven of the Dink Breaks podcast, and it is time for another one of those relaxed round the table episodes. And um, we've got a co host with us, a brand new co host. Um, people who were with us with season one will definitely remember this guy as he used to be a guest. It's the one and only Showdown. Sup, what's up? Oi. Tessa, what's up? What's up? <laughs> pick up the phone what's <laughs> what a classic what an absolute classic
2: are you old enough to remember that
1: well yeah <laughs> yeah of course mate don't mate. i'm 30 years old now 1994 come on <laughs> that was more Karen, but yeah <laughs> i'm 26
0: <laughs> years old i'm still old enough i think Just... i don't even know how old that is
1: it's quite old it's dated yeah. the reason i said that though is because it is a bit of a historical meme and i thought you know it ties in with our with what we're going to be going in for later right Oh, Andrea,
0: look at that toby's just so planned <laughs> love it love to see Sick it. Wade. <laughs> what a great start to the show i mean well, first of all though terry welcome back how's it feel being a co-host it, fa- it feels fantastic thank you very much thanks for uh, inviting me back Yes, absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure. And this time we don't even have to treat you like a guest, meaning you're not being interviewed. How nice is that? It's lovely. Can't go wrong with that. Can't so go wrong. um yeah, how have you guys been? What have you guys been up to? Uh
2: it's been a bit of a bit of a topsy turvy couple of weeks. Um won't deep dive into it too much, but um uh, a lot of the guys, especially in the server, in, in the Discord server, know that my, my wife's been undergoing some treatment for um, a, a long-term illness. i very pleased that she's completed her treatment and prognosis is good. So we're all very happy about that. So it's been cause for celebration. Absolutely incredible news, um, dude. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's certainly been uh, an interesting nine months, to put it uh, mildly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, So yeah, a couple of weeks off work, spend a bit of time with the family, doing a bit of music, Um, yeah, keeping out mischief.
0: Nice, man. All that good stuff, innit? (laughs) Mm. Any any particular new things you've learned with the music lately? Any new things? Yeah, anything new you're doing? (laughs) Um...
2: Yeah, um, oh, well, literally, before this, I was working on a little something that I might be sending to one of you for a possible colon. Ooh. Ooh.
0: Ooh. Ooh both oh, both of ex- us. Ex- that's
2: exciting times. <laughs> Isn't it, yeah, Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, new new things I've been doing on it. I've been trying out a new plugin. I know this is not the most exciting thing in the world. But there's a new thing called Infiltrator, which is by the guys at Devious Machines. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, are you guys familiar with LFO tool and ShaperBox? Vaguely. Yeah, so basically for anyone who's not familiar, uh, all all three of these tools are basically collections of modules. And each module can have an envelope or an LFO, and each module has a different function. So there's a module for distortion, a filter, a... um, volume envelope and and infiltrator takes it a step further and and there's a whole load of different stuff different modules uh like a bit crusher etc and you can then copy the same uh lfo and envelope over the different modules or you can have different ones it's just a a really powerful way of of, of getting some movement and modulation in the sounds um so yeah i've just been demoing that and um deciding if i want to Part with the money, because it's not that cheap. How
1: much we talk? How much are we talking?
2: I think it's like 70, 70 quid on sale. Okay, all oh, right. Okay. So, yeah, we're
1: probably looking at near yeah. 200 normal or something. I think I think it's 100. I think it's 100 normal. Okay, okay. It sounds like hmm. a, a decent tool, though. So it definitely sounds like something I want to uh, get my hands on and have a play with, if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah, definitely. Same. It's...
2: The question is, does it do uh, enough on top of the other aforementioned tools for me? Right. I've got both of them. I think I'm not convinced at the moment.
1: Mm. Okay,
0: you,
2: so I don't know. You
1: tend to,
0: but yeah, you, it's been interesting. You tend to actually get quite a lot of plugins and stuff, and just like mess around and play around with them as well, don't you?
2: I am. Um, my credit card weeps at my plugin habit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've I've actually been really good recently. I've i really kind of each time I've gone to hit the buy button, it's like, do I really, really need this? Do I really need do I need another compressor? I hardly even use compressors. Why am I buying compressors? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <sighs> yeah. you know what, actually, that quick that ties on to a little idea I had that I think I brought up to you, Garen mate. Um hmm. But maybe maybe some of the listeners could um in the Discord could give us a give us a shout if this sounds like a good idea but I was thinking maybe we could take some free plugins sometime maybe not this episode but in an, a future episode we'll plan ahead a bit and we can take some of these plugins and give them a little demo ourselves and that and then come back on the episode and give them a little review and what we liked to buy what we didn't just
0: yeah like well, yeah. quite
1: an interesting little thing couldn't it
0: like a little review yeah. corner or something you yeah, could exactly. even do that live to be fair yeah yeah exactly yeah. T- tell
1: us what you what you think about that and if you're liking the sound of that, we will uh, we'll certainly go ahead and do that.
0: We will work towards nice it. Idea. Yeah. So um Yeah, that's actually a good shout. That's like, I'd be down for that any day. Like mm. um live or otherwise, I'd be down. Um yeah. Toby, what have you been up to then?
1: Yeah, so um I last weekend was it last oh no, I maybe in the weekend before actually, the weekend before last. Oh no, it was last weekend, it was. I was back seeing uh, my old folks, I haven't seen them since um Christmas it was. Uh, so it's nice to see them for a bit um mm-hmm. they live up in Northumberland so every time I go up there I get to get on getting like a load of walks on the coast and whatnot are you guys like familiar of uh Holy Island and places like that by any chance no I do not really yeah no. it's honestly um have like look it up on your phone or something if you get a chance it's just such a beautiful part of the world um always so blessed to be able to go over there but uh, the reason why I bring it up is I, I saw something really cool on the beach. Like, this might sound like some complete boomer talk, but I <laughs> thought it was really interesting. But um, essentially, there was, like, this petrified wood on the actual beach itself that obviously used to be a wood before, like, the um, ocean kind of, like, took over. So at first, it's all kind of covered up by the water because the tide was in. But on the walk back, the tide had kind of gone out and it was all this kind of like really like petrified to rock like uh, roots and like uh, tree stumps just coming out of the sand and i'll tell you i'll tell you what it was it was quite quite the sight it was a uh, yeah it was a cool little feature cool uh, nice. yeah it's nice it's nice to stumble across things like yeah. that randomly, yeah yeah like i don't think i've ever really seen like i've always heard about like these petrified forests that are, there's usually quite a lot over in america isn't there yeah um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's the first time I've kind of really seen petrified wood like that. And the fact that it was just in the water to begin with, like just like under the kind of shallow kind of tide, there was just something quite surreal about it. And, yeah, it's really pretty. But, yeah, other than that, um, got back to Manchester. And for anyone who follows my streams, I've been streaming like a bloody lunatic this week.
0: Yeah, have you been consistent?
1: Yeah, pretty much been doing it every night apart from Friday because. I unfortunately had no internet the old internet was down for the entire day and despite being on the phone to them all day long yeah I got absolutely nowhere with it you know how it'd be with these uh yep I feel that <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh yeah what else have I been doing uh yeah got a few got a few masters back actually got a master back from uh the guys over at Four Corners Malinki's label obviously cool. mm-hmm. um yeah, they're sounding really good. I think it's it's the um, coming out on the summer LP, the after party edition. Nice. I think he's doing like he's doing like the kind of three tiered uh, album launch or whatever. So you've got the is it the the pre party, then the club, and then the after. Oh no, to the beach, the club, and then the after party. Uh, so they're kind of like tailored for different styles within drum and bass. And yeah, I've got a track coming on that last one on the after party. Um, I can't actually remember when the full release is, but I think it might be the seventh of July. I think I'm right. Oh, not, thinking not that. long to go at all, then. Yeah, I think that's either. I think that might be when my premiere's going live on, on YouTube. Actually, but I think it's somewhere around that date anyway. Um, wow. Yeah, just lots of music, man. I got ID today, guys. What? Ooh. Can you believe that? For what? uh for a couple of cans of hula hooch which is a it's like a passion passion fruit based kind of uh alka pop drink i suppose that's but a less a less kiddy one <laughs> well if you're going to buy pop that's what happens <laughs> yeah true true no but to be fair too it was a, it was a first um first day on shift first day of the job you know and you so i think she she would be in like uh they'd probably really gone in on the whole you know you have to make sure you id anyone that slightly looks or you're gonna get completely screwed over and you're gonna get us fined and then you'll get a fine you know they tend yeah. to do that in retail. your life will be ruined forever
0: that's probably what they've said to her and all that
1: yeah it's just so yeah so it's safe to say i um i just threw all of the items on the floor and just shrieked at the top of my voice take me to your manager <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> But no, obviously I was very nice about it. Uh, She just got a manager over, and the manager was like, "Yeah, this guy's clearly uh, of age," and kind of I was kind of like, "Clearly, okay." (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You've got a full beard, a beautiful mask, though. You know the mask. But the thing is, mate, my my bags under my eyes these days make me look like a withered old fool. I tell you that much. (laughs) So all you need to do is look at those those uh, pearly blues, and yeah, they'll send you running. But yeah, bit, sorry, a bit lengthy, but that was pretty much my day or my week.
0: It's just weird thinking about you being ID'd when, you know, you've got the fabulous beard and that, because I remember when I was, uh, when I was 23, right. And it was probably my first week of work. I got kicked out of a Sainsbury's because I didn't have any ID to buy paracetamol.
1: Oh, wow. That's <laughs> yeah. tragic.
0: What? So I had like, it was my first week of work. And I think it was like the fourth day or something. And I had a really bad headache and, um, so I was like, okay, Sainsbury's just next door. I'll excuse myself and I'll go. Um, and I forgot my wallet, which had my ID. So I only had a couple of coins on me, which was enough to buy the paracetamol. But I go to the counter and um, I'm like, yeah, can I get a pack of paracetamol, please? And they asked me for ID because apparently I don't look over 16. And I was uh-huh. like, I don't have ID, but you know, I'll work a full day job in an office. Does that count? Anything like that? <laughs> and I was asked to leave the store.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah,
0: at the age of 23, that kind of hurt, you know. At the age of uh, 23. <laughs> yeah, there's no coming back from that one really. Yep. Yeah, that was painful. But um things I've been up to recently. Yeah, so what you I, been saying, dude? Um I mean, I've still been streaming, which is, you know, keeps me busy. Musically, um I've had a few I finished a few bits, which i'm quite, i'm happy with i've become a lot more happier with tunes i'm finishing which is always a good sign um i got a message literally about two hours before recording today that um this label that me and someone else sent some demos to finally got accepted like the pre-masters are all good to go nice um, we sent the first versions 14 months ago And obviously we spent the whole of last year just sort of developing our production, trying to get better, and Mm -hmm. then reworking those tunes. So it's kind of nice to know that the whole year was sort of worth it and that that we only improved what we had 14 months ago to the point where it's, like, really good now.
1: Yeah, mate. I'll tell you what, like, getting those kind of pushbacks and knockbacks and just, like... Getting longed out a bit usually ends up, even though it's a bit shitty at the time, usually ends up being so beneficial because yeah. you end up putting so much more like time into that track and pick up on all the faults and stuff and just make it like, level it up each time.
0: That's it. It's not like we were mad about it or anything, but yeah, um, of course, it was like because they're a very busy label, so they were just like, yeah, we we're actually all booked for next year and so on. I'm like, wow, you guys already booked for next year? That's kind of mad. Um, so they were like yeah we can do July 2021 and we were just like yeah okay cool Um, we'll take some time to sort of grasp skills and rework them and so we did and it worked out so I can't complain Um, apart from that I'm trying to write more happy music Mm. and (laughs) I've realised how tough that is Yeah. yeah because you know it's so easy to just go for sad boy piano vibes and all that sort of stuff but um like there's one tune i've been trying to start which i've been really trying to go for like a very happy not cheesy but happy enough that you're instantly uplifted where Mm. whereas every time i try and add something new i end up gravitating towards the more ah it's a long day i finished a long day and i'm happy sort of thing like a more chillaxed sort of happy yeah and um
1: rather than like energy like yeah mm, high intensity happy
0: yeah yeah exactly so but yeah, I d I don't know why it's just been um really tough working on that. But um yeah. Apart from that, streams, family time as well. Uh it's my brother's birthday tomorrow, so get the Barbie out, you know what I'm saying. The weather looks beautiful, so The old um, BBQ. It's gotta be done, seriously. Mm. Like it's it's about time that we got the barbecue machines out.
1: Yeah, you know um, what, we've only got a little barbecue here, but it's been sunny enough that I can't believe we've not we've not got him on the go yet.
0: I think it's just the whole like sort of motivation to do it, isn't it? It's a, like yeah, true. It, it always sounds like a good idea it's until effort, you have it? to prepare for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then, and
1: then that that person that has to be in charge of the barbie has to be dedicated to it, and it's just like yeah, yeah putting <laughs>
0: everyone to cook in everything. And well, yeah, that's pretty much me.
1: It's nice, been a bit nice
0: standard week.
1: Yeah. So, shall we move on to the uh, the uh, meat of the sandwich, so to speak? um i've got some bits i've got some bits so i want to actually start
0: off with a thing i've been seeing a lot recently and talk about some sort of music tech and how music tech has changed from when we were we numpties to the way we are now to old numpties <laughs> yeah i've been seeing this thing recently and i realized it's actually got musical connotations with it as well but i've been seeing a lot of things about nft tokens have you guys seen that
1: Mm, yeah mm.
0: yeah and um know, yeah, i was just browsing the other day and i found out that there's actually a, a drum and bass album that's going to be released as an nft mm, uh f- by saxon yeah yeah that's it and uh for anyone who's uh not aware it's a non-fungible token which basically means that you essentially buy the rights to that piece of content whether it be music or even youtube videos or any sort of content you can essentially put on and um the whole concept confuses me if i'm honest with you like i don't understand as a um as a as someone who buys that what sort of benefit that has to me do you guys know about this
1: um, no, I don't. Um, uh, just, uh, as far as I'm aware of NFTs, I, I, I was first made aware of it through, um, like the fine arts and like art mm, industry yeah, yeah. or whatever in a way that it meant that people could purchase that bit of art, but then still sell it to other art dealers because like how art dealing works is you sell something and then that's it. You can't make a copy of it. You can't keep selling it on that person mm. who bought it now owns it forever. So, then the way to get around yeah. it with NFT, I'm paraphrasing a bit, so I might be wrong, is that you can sell it via that, but sell it multiple times. So, different people get a. So, you essentially keep getting like revenue for it rather than just a one off sale. And then that person who bought it be able to sell it on for more. So, for how that works, how that kind of translates into how it works within music, I really, yeah. I've not looked into. And to me, right now, I don't, I can't understand how that works either.
0: <laughs> because. The way I was thinking about it is like, sure, you buy the rights, but and most likely with the way I've seen it with YouTube videos, like um, it was strange because that you do you guys remember that whole Charlie bit my finger video.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. apparently
0: that sold for $761,000. Yeah. As an NFT, right? So I get that whoever buys uh, a certain album or a single, any piece of music probably will pay for more for it. But what's stopping people buying the same thing from Beatport, for example?
1: Um I've yeah. no idea. Yeah, it's But would it would it be on sale at Beatport though?
0: I assume it would be, wouldn't it? I don't
1: think I don't it think it, would, it will, no. yeah, because then, then what's the point of no. having it on NFT? It's like but, um yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's it's almost like its own store, you know? But then does that mean that only one
0: person ever will have that piece of music?
1: I I like I could only assume so because I've no, no that's a hard one, dude.
0: Now I think there's there's a significant
2: difference between owning the rights to something and yeah yeah. Like with that person who owns the NFT, do they then have own the rights to distribute that
0: thing?
1: Um,
0: let me read this. I mean, I've got the I've got an article open here, and I can see one where it says the successful bidder will receive a percentage of digital sales. So then it would be up everywhere. So essentially you're buying, you're almost buying the rights to make money out of someone else's music.
2: So it's almost like an investment kind of thing. Mm, really? So is, 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 is so the publisher, the original kind of artist then, are they essentially trading a percentage of future sales for a one-time investment now?
0: That seems to be the case, doesn't it? Yeah, It was just interesting reading about it because, you know, back when we were younger as such, this sort of way of distribution wouldn't really exist, would it? It would just be, you know, you buy buy your music on. I mean, when I was born, what was it? When I was born, we still had cassette tapes and all that, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I was going to say my first, I got my first cassettes. You want to know what they were? Go on. Bloody Spice Girls and Busted, mate. (laughs) Woo! At the tender age of, I want to say, 12? Spicy. I know,
0: yeah, Spice Girls, exactly.
1: (laughs) I like that one. my!
0: But yeah, see, that's the thing. It's just like, you know, we grew up with cassette tapes, CDs, Walkmans and stuff. And it's just funny thinking about, you know, when I was reading this whole NFT thing, it was quite funny thinking about how much not just music but content in general has changed to just be a completely digital asset
1: yeah yeah Yeah, we are in a we're well and truly like i would say past the whole digital revolution Mm. we're like deeply in it now
0: yeah exactly i mean i think it's come to the point where like the next generation and even the next generation above that won't really know anything physical apart from the things that carry the music like your iPods and all that sort of stuff
2: I don't know if that's true because vinyl's making a big comeback I, I read a piece or has been making a comeback for quite some time um, I read a blog post by the guy who runs Nightfall. <gasps> oh Night yeah Force? yeah
0: I've, I've read that same one yeah. The wait times and all that uh, right
2: crazy it's like apparently there, there's only like 10 vinyl pressing plants left in the whole world what <laughs> but- and I know, it's madness. And they all have contracts with like the big labels and distributors. Mm. And, and so the smaller labels and, 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 and customers, they're basically looking like 18-month turnaround times and insane stuff like that yes. to get anything pressed. Yeah. Um, but it's weird. I mean, where, where has the demand come from? Yeah.
0: Is it the whole... So, I don't want to say hipster culture, because that's not exactly right. But the whole idea of... Uh, The whole idea of, like, sort of appreciating the past, the sort of, like, preserving older methods of music keeping.
1: I think think it's got to be dependent on genre to genre. I think we've brushed Mm. up on this in a past episode, to be fair. It's, like, it's still, especially within drum and bass, hip-hop, even, like, uh, techno and stuff, you know, like, kind of European techno and stuff, there's still very much a very large uh, vinyl culture around it, um, Mm. because it's, like, a part of its... It's a part of its kind of, um, what's the right word? Of It's like character, you know?
0: Yeah, like part of what the, the scene of that particular genre grew up with. Yeah. Um, mm. It'll be interesting to know, though, because obviously you said there's only 10 vinyl pressing plants. I wonder, mm, what, the, I wonder like what the case is for um, cassettes, like your standard little cassettes, because I'm sure, for example, like the hip-hop culture would have a bit of uh, cassettes and stuff, right? or like tape packs.
2: But the difference with, with the cassettes and the vinyl is cassettes are extremely easy to replicate. Yeah. Yeah. True. So it's really, really easy to, to run off a batch of like, you could do it. Whereas with vinyl, you, you, the whole, I mean, again, the, in the article is really interesting because it goes into the to details of, of, of exactly what's, you know, required to to press vinyl and it's horrifically complicated.
0: Yeah, I was reading that and it's it sort of makes you really appreciate um the people that still go from vinyl these days as well. Um mm-hmm. yeah I'd be I'd be interested to know if you guys if you guys were vinyl collectors uh with yeah. uh obviously labels can now release music digitally and then you know you see, you've got your whole 18 months turnaround. Would you be prepared to wait for a couple of good couple of months to receive the vinyl later than you receive a digital copy?
1: Yeah, so it comes out like three months past its actual release date, but you Le- you could get the release for digital. Let's say on that let's say date. six
0: months. Yeah, you can pre-order six the vinyl. You can pre-order the vinyl. Uh, you can pre-order it with the digital, so you can pre-order the vinyl at a time. But let's say the Bandcamp page or whatever says, please note the vinyl will only appear at this time because that's the time they've got. Would yeah. you still be prepared to front that to get that vinyl?
1: Probably. I know
2: that Sneaker Pimps have done exactly that. So I don't know if you guys are fans, but um, they've just released their fifth album after like a 15-year break or something crazy like that. Or, no, fourth album, and I don't know, it is the fifth album, but the fourth album never got released, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and they've done exactly that. You can buy it on vinyl, but you have, you've got to wait until it gets pressed, but you'll receive the digital version. Of straight off day.
1: the bat. I suppose mm, like vinyl yeah. is just a collector's kind of addition, you know? I think so, um, yeah. I the majority so. of people will listen to the me- their music digitally, you know, because I don't know about you guys, but I often listen to most of my music, like, on the move. Yeah, same. Um, yeah. Mm, mm.
2: I don't have a uh, turntable set up. I've got thousands of records. Yeah. I've got a turntable set up. I do know where to put it. They're big.
1: Yeah, mm. honestly, I used to have such a... do not I don't, I'm not going to say I had a massive vinyl collection, but I actually... I actually sold all my vinyls to a good friend of mine not too long ago, which, in hindsight, I massively regret because I had so many memories tied to them, you know? But it was just, like, it was the whole thing of just not being able to transport them about and just lack of space from moving to place to place. Sad times. Mm. But anyway, I, I digress a bit.
2: <laughs> I've got some stuff that's worth good money here. Like, Oh, go on, take us I've for it, take absolute... us for it. Yeah, do it. Oh, uh, it's just a... It's... So I inherited my dad's record collection. My dad was into jazz funk and oh, nice. very early hip hop nice. and electro and early house. So I've got a lot of that kind of stuff. And I went through a period of collecting and buying. Well, I, I was a I was a hip hop kid. So yeah. I bought you know, tons of golden era hip hop, sort of 92, 93, 94. And then I went back and bought some stuff that I missed the first time round back in the 2000s. And then when I was first starting producing drum and bass, my first studio was in the basement of a record shop. So the record shop, there was two shops. There was one upstairs, which was uh, dance music. And then next to me, there was a little shop and um, it was all rare groove and funk and super rare expensive stuff to the point where the guy who ran that shop uses um occasionally supplied shadow and and Kev dodge and people like that nice so proper proper collector stuff you know DJ Shadow man. And I, mm. yeah yeah man Gosh. um and i spent some money in there man. by god like stuff that i haven't opened yeah it's still shrink shrink wrapped and things like that oh yeah I, I dread to think and I've got it all I've got it all here but I don't want to do with
1: it I love, I love how <laughs> like I it. love how there's such like a connection to like vinyl collect- collectors and like that whole nerd culture as well yeah because like the way you're saying like I've not even unboxed it you know similar things could be said about people who've like got this old ass action figure that just hasn't come out of the box you know
0: yeah yeah uh, it's got
1: that yeah. value you know yeah
0: there's a big thing about like action figures, trading cards, and that sort of stuff, just yeah. to be kept in mint condition, isn't yeah. it? Yeah,
1: well, that's it with a uh, Pokemon yeah, cards, yeah. isn't it? That whole that's um, it TSA is it TSA, um, which is like how good a quality it is in, and if it gets to ten, then oh, that's like yes. the highest it can be, which will mean it'll be minted. But anyway, yeah.
2: My um, a lot of my early releases were all centered around sampling of vinyl old funk records.
1: Mm. Okay, yeah. Um,
2: t- Gimme the Girl has oh, classic. a very big sample in the intro. The whole intro is a sample of a, a jazz funk, probably not the right word, but a, a famously sampled artist. Yeah. Ooh. It's almost like you're teasing it for us. I'm not going to spell it out. Because no, no, good idea. Good yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, I copywriting all that. <laughs> not bit. worth it was, doing it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we did that a few times. There was a couple. There was a couple of tunes that sounded like we sampled off hip hop records, but they weren't. They were off the original. I used to go. That was a big thing for me was going sample hunting. So coming through that hip hop thing and then
0: finding the original finding source. the originals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. Because you can, you might be able to find something from that original source that hasn't actually been touched yet, and you could do it in yeah. a special way. That's quite nice. Um, it's just. Um, it was interesting because I know Toby was it I think it was Toby who said it the whole thing about memories being attached mm. to specific vinyls and stuff at the mm. risk of sounding like a complete boomer. Do you think that's something we lose when everything's digitised?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's even the case of being a boomer. I think it's I think that's just quite an objective statement. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um I suppose like I oh, know maybe it is a bit boomery because I suppose like the younger generations could argue that they can connect a memory even stronger to something that's digital because they might relate it to a social media post or something, and you can see that online for as, as long as it's not deleted. But there's something about holding that, like, physical thing, you know? It's exactly. like your first car. It's like moving into a house, you know? It's like it's like that presence that is within your kind of realm, that kind of creates that, um, that memory spark, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. And in some ways, I feel like that almost goes into even like having specific hardware when making music and stuff. Like, yeah, it's almost like, say you've got, um, I don't know, like, say you've got a Moog synthesizer, right? And even like you buy your first Moog, you can always remember what you wrote on that specific piece of kit as well. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. Just
2: going back to that point about, about the attaching memories, I was just thinking while, while Toby was talking there, I'm I'm not so sh- sure it's the format and the medium that's that's the issue. I think one of the issues nowadays is the quantity, the quantity yeah, of yep. music, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, so I, I used to like have a small collection of MP3s when MP3s became a thing that I listened to again and again and yeah. again and again. And I did attach memories to those tunes. Yeah. Like <laughs> shitty poorly, poorly mum uh, what's the word? Like the names were all wrong and these little threes. Yeah, yeah. And I would carry those around with me as well. Like I'd have backup hard drives with my music collection on, it was like hundred MP3s, and it was like a it was a proper collector thing. I think streamings yeah. caused more damage. Mm-hmm. And mp3s because you still collected mp3s and there were still things you listened to again and again and again with streaming you listen to a thousand different songs every day
0: yeah mm, just press that like button or the yeah. uh add to playlist button and that's yeah. like another one in there
1: yeah yeah Oops. totally Stre- streaming has definitely had its um quite a devastating impact and just before we yeah. move on i'll say uh spotify if you are listening uh, we're only joking <laughs> please sponsor <laughs> us we love you like- Anyway, continue. I mean,
0: to to get back on Spotify is good side as well here. Yeah. In some ways, there are some benefits to this whole streaming thing. In the sense that you know you can find music by almost by anyone. Yeah. Um, it was quite weird because uh, the other day uh, I was on Spotify. You know how you get your um, recommended? Recommends. Is it like the recommended daily mix and that sort oh, of your, stuff? Oh, your
1: radio, artist radio and stuff. I find a lot of <laughs> Not, cool producers on my own artist radio actually.
0: That's it, exactly. And I came across this, uh, I think he's from Denmark or something. This artist is called Boyd the Bajan. And I okay. was just like, this guy's got some really, really cool stuff. Like, it was, like there was one tune I listened to and it almost sort of reminded me of the stuff that I want to be able to make.
1: Right, like, nice. In yeah. the way of
0: like telling stories within the music and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like if we didn't have this whole streaming culture that we now do, I wouldn't have found that before. Because yeah. where would you look?
1: That is props that I give Spotify. They do have a very good uh, algorithm for finding mm. music that will probably be up your street as well.
0: That's it, exactly. And most of the time with those daily mixes and stuff, the sort of stuff that is part of that one is sort of quite, not easily, but quite often meld into each other quite well. Mm. I had a similar conversation
2: 15 odd years ago when when mp3s were first becoming a thing and napster and and, and what have you and um oh, napster. yeah it was that in 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 romania and i was djing out there and we were talking to the guys out there and they openly pirated music like it was just and, and at that time it was a bit of a thing like yeah. if people were downloading your music they were literally taking money out of your pocket as yeah, far as you yeah, were yeah yeah mm, yeah of course and and it was a lot more emotion around it. It was quite, you know, it was it was a very angry-making thing for for artists. Yes, yeah. And um, and these guys were just blatant, but they made the point they couldn't afford the import duty on vinyl. Yeah. So mm. if it wasn't for Napster, they'd have never have heard of us, and they would never. Have yeah, So you would have never had, played yeah, in Romania. You would have had a much smaller
1: fan base and whatnot. Exactly. And, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's a thing. It's all well and good, kind of slagging off all these kind of uh, media's and that and mediums, but mm. there is definitely. There's definitely a very large um, beneficial, like, large benefit coming from it.
0: Yes, yeah, so, exactly. Imagine yeah. having to still carry two crates to every gig you go to. Like, oh, you know, God, that's quite yeah. a lot to
1: carry and so on, right? These days, it's just um, a thing that slots in your little, like, condom pocket on your jeans, you know, just, like, in your box. Condom <laughs> pocket. That's what it is, isn't it? Like, a <laughs> little condom pocket. <laughs> is that what they call it? I didn't even know <laughs> yeah, that. It's probably not really. That's what they used to say <laughs> in my high school, you know, like, oh, have you got your Johnny's uh, in uh, a little uh, pocket, mate? The Johnny pocket.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. Even on that trip my records went to
0: Vienna and I didn't. Damn. Yeah, see? The records have a, had a better holiday,
1: yeah. Almost.
2: They they had a much longer trip. They got on there though. It was like they turned up about an hour before
1: my set. Ooh, so, yeah. wow, see. Cheeky yes. cheeky vinyl collection on its gap yard. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> squeaky but- bum time
0: <laughs> <laughs> here's an interesting thing about the whole djing thing because obviously back in the day it was always you know you carry your crates of vinyl to your gig and you've got your turntables there and then now obviously a lot more things are being digitized and so on um what are you guys' thoughts about the whole thing with—is um, it Beatport Link and SoundCloud Go, where okay, yeah. within your DJing software you can, you bit, can yeah. now find tunes online that you can just
1: stick into your set straight away? Am I right in thinking that works with Spotify? Because uh, if that does work with Spotify, that's insane. But surely I uh, thought you'd right. have to download it. Yeah, though, yeah, you? surely, surely, you'd
0: need to. You'd probably need to integrate your account with it. Um... I know, I know SoundCloud definitely works uh, because I've seen like software like Virtual DJ, for example, yeah. have a SoundCloud inter- integration and then you connect your account to it. Yeah. And it even shows you like all the playlists and your liked songs and all uh, that sort of yeah. stuff. But yeah, I'm interested to know what you guys think about the whole idea of essentially finding new music through while in the middle of your DJ set like say oh say you suddenly forgot about this one tune you wanted to drop like you remember it but you're like oh no it's not on my usb sticks you can essentially now just grab it online super quickly
1: and is that just like a paid sure. thing is it right
0: uh yeah i think there's like a monthly payment to it uh i know beat has it got link i think soundcloud's one is called go yeah. and it's like a it's like a monthly subscription sort of thing
2: uh, SoundCloud goes their mobile thing. I don't know if it's specifically a DJ thing, or maybe they've rebranded it.
1: Oh, what the Pulse? I thought they got rid of Pulse.
2: No, Pulse was their old uh, stats analytics okay, app. Yeah, that yeah. They kind of group. No, mobile uh, Go, SoundCloud Go oh, is. Oh, Go. Like,
1: sorry, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, like uh, off, offline download. Yeah, yeah, basically. Okay. Oh, but, yeah, but then that would make sense, wouldn't it? Because you would need to have it downloaded offline to be able to DJ with it. Assuming you're not going to be online everywhere you're DJing.
0: Yeah. yeah, like ima- imagine having to go up to the yeah. promoters, like, uh, mate, can you give me yeah. the Wi Fi password, wifi please? Password. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Oh, and your Wi Fi drops mid set. Oh, sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, and it just goes to silence. Like, you know, we always hear yeah. these stories about DJs who, you know, put the wrong vinyl ass and he stopped the wrong deck. I did that. Oh, imagine I that. I've done it several so <laughs> times,
1: even on like CDJs, man.
0: Yeah, I
2: picked up a record that was playing.
0: Oh, <laughs> <Great. laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the <it's> almighty exactly. <laughs> the
1: almighty fucking vinyl yeah tear. <laughs> i could just
0: imagine the, the audience just looking in absolute horror yeah. at this they guy <laughs> yeah they did
1: i mean yeah in terms of whether i like yeah in terms of how i feel about that and i think it's like a recurring a bit of a recurring two-sided two blade with that really because on the mm. one side yeah, the artists are probably not gaining much um, no. much in terms of financial gain. They wouldn't be, would they? But they're probably gaining a lot in terms of uh, exposure. But then it comes back to the thing. It's just like, oh, bloody artists, we just have to live through this thing of like, oh, but it'll be great exposure. It's like, yeah, fucking. Is it though? Because in the
2: middle of a DJ set, nobody knows.
1: Yeah, true. Everyone just to them knows. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. very true. Like,
2: and all... Who the fuck has time when they're DJing to be browsing on the web for more music? Uh, yeah. is, is DJing so easy now that you literally can just
1: stand and scratch in your ass? It, I think I would argue yes. I would argue. I would argue yes.
0: Sync, sync button, bro. Sync button.
1: Wow. Yeah. Terrible. I mean, even on yep. like like it's been a while since I've DJed in a club. But when I did, mm-hmm. I was on, I think it was the 3000s were the newest at the time, like the brand new, I think it was the first model of like the uh, Pioneer uh, Mark 3000s or whatever. Uh, I probably butchered the name, but oh well. But yeah, my point is all you do is like match up the um, BPM, like not even press and sync, mm-hmm. just match up manually. And their they're beat, they're like keeping the, the beat in time. It's just so good, that beat matching like built Mm. into them. It's just so good that once you've like nudged it in slightly, it just will never kind of budge out of place. So I would, I would say that probably DJing on the brand spanking new, uh, like pioneered CDJ setup is definitely easy enough to be able to fucking have a quick little browse on your phone or whatever. Yeah. Wow.
2: And I almost feel
0: like, uh, Oh no, sorry, Terry, go ahead.
2: I was about to say part of the, fun in quotes of DJ back in the day was the terror of fucking up yeah. constantly yeah, exactly. constantly looming over you like the yeah. adrenaline you'd have while you were playing one of these set spots and the fact you were pumped because there was a thousand people in front of you and you were it's, playing it's, this yeah. energetic music it's also the terror of fucking up is there constantly
0: at the same time to to bring in the other argument does anyone under Dance floor care how he's done it?
1: Mm, yeah no I guess so
0: don't. Yeah. I guess so but, it's just, uh, I mean, I feel like even when like the tech improves even more, uh, maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but I feel like DJ will, DJing will only get easier as time progresses. Like maybe there'll be like some sort of weird auto-mixing tool where all you need to do is put your two tunes in and it'll be like, nope, this won't work, next, I'll like, we'll auto-analyze the tunes. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Mm. It's gross. Um...
0: <laughs> but nothing to say, you can't just stick to old school methods.
1: Yeah, and old yeah. school
0: tech. I mean, people still use Moog synthesizers and stuff, and like what yeah. the first ones, like the first Moog synthesizer, is like fifty-six years old now. So, well, you
1: can't you can't go wrong with like using an old bit of kit. Actually, saying hmm. that, I because I mentioned earlier, I went back to see my parents. I actually brought back my old. um <laughs> Sorry, what? What? The fact that you were like,
0: okay, old kid, okay. Old kid. And it's so, like, yeah, I went back to see my parents. I was like, Come oh, on, the man. old kid. <laughs> no, that's not
1: me, just completely fucking paring off my Sorry, my that's parents. my bad. <laughs> but no, so I've, I uh, I got this back when I was very young, when I first started playing the guitar, maybe, again, maybe about 13 or something. Uh, the Boss ME50. But yeah, I've brought that up yeah. and I've got it running through my little Korg Volker, uh keys. Nice. Little analog thing and yeah making some pretty disgusting distorted uh, tones and stuff uh, obviously Ooh. i still need to do a lot of um, honing in on it all and perfecting it and really just learn how to use this volca properly to make some more advanced kind of uh, sequences and shit yeah it's uh, it's cool that you can just like find like tech that came out quite a long time ago but it can still kind of like hold up to this day you know
2: A lot of it is is all about how that older tech copes with being pushed into the red. Yeah, that's what gives it. That's what gives it that vibe. Like if you get an old analog desk, exactly. You push it into the red, you're not going to get the horrible scratchy artifacts that you get digitally. You're going to get something different. Yeah, totally.
0: Um, And I think as well, when you combine the old with the new in terms of like your gear and stuff, you can almost end up with something fresh that other people just don't have because mm -hmm. they don't have that old and new. Definitely. Um, and even like stuff like when you couple in like I don't know an old analog desk with like some new gear you got the other day. Who knows what sort of results you'd get? Yeah. Have you guys been following Hazard? Now he's on Instagram.
1: No, but I must. No, I didn't
0: even realise. Oh, oh my
2: God! Is he he's creating studious. some madness? I, I, I don't know about the music, but he's, he, he started off, I and mean, he's only been on there a month or two. He started off posting pictures of his studio, and it is
1: insane. God, I'm not sure if I can the handle getting more studio envy, dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly.
2: The, the gear is just ridiculous. Well,
1: the thing is, like, he, like, he has the, like, hard hardware analog sound down to a T, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it just yeah, goes yeah, hand yeah. in hand with his sound. I can't wait for him to make yeah, more stuff, because yeah. I can't lie. As bait as some people might think he is, I have I will be and always will be a diehard DJ Hazard fan.
0: <laughs> damn straight. Yeah. And yeah, he made yeah. some damn good vibes good. back in the day still. Yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. He did, made
1: yeah. very pioneering vibes, I would say. Yeah. He, was, he, was, he, was, Big he was arguably, like, one of the biggest pioneers within that... Uh, that branch of Jump Up, you know? Mm. Yeah, and he, uh, it wasn't
2: always... He made some dark stuff as well. We, we have, and everyone yeah. thinks of Mr. Happy. Yeah, exactly. They're a bit played out. I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. But yeah, yeah. some of his other
1: stuff was heavy mate, and Like do you remember and, Psychedelic like, Man? <laughs> hung, 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 yeah. hung, hung, hung. <laughs> oh, mate, I love that one. Anyway, this isn't Toby but, but, Makes uh, Impressions Hour again. <laughs> it always is Toby Makes Impressions <laughs> We're gonna, Hour. We're going to be sampling that later. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Using a new plugin that we'll test on think breaks. Um <laughs> But, I mean, that's the thing with hazard as well. Like, you know, we just said earlier, Mr. Happy's played out. But at the same time, Mr. Happy's been played out for how long now? How old is that? Actually? Yes. Two decades? Uh,
1: 2011, if I'm not mistaken. Or was it 2009, actually?
0: No way. Is I'd it say 10, ten years. I feel like it's older for some reason. I don't know no, why.
1: No, no, no. Two, uh, 2000, two, 2009, 2008 earliest, surely. It was after my,
2: my, my time. It was after that.
1: Yeah, it was. It was after your time because I, I remember uh, it came out when I first started being able to get into clubs at the age of like 17 and stuff. Uh, and I remember when I was listening to Gimme the Gal and that kind of era, that's when I was like 15 mm, and that because that's when we were just like fucking about in fields and that and like taking things we probably shouldn't be taking <laughs> <laughs> smarties <laughs> yeah those the um, smarties yeah the blue ones you know the special ones <laughs>
0: oh you know i think i might have thought it was older just because like so many people still rinse that tune even today well i you know? think
1: like people a lot of people that hate on it make it out like it's like some tune that's like been rinsed out so much for such a long time that it's like why yeah. is it still getting rinsed out but in the reality of it is still within a within a decade or just over yeah. a decade so it's you know it comes back to the whole thing of like the kind of like short life lifespan on music that mm. everyone seems to want to put on to everything these days, you know.
0: But if a tune bangs, it bangs. I mean, yeah. Even um, I mean, for can you really call this modern hazard? But people still rinse time tripping.
1: That yeah, that probably isn't modern hazard these days. But it's probably one of the more no. modern ones since he. That's what I took mean. Since back. he, yeah.
0: That's why I was just like, is it modern? But it's not really, is it? But people still play it out as if it's. Mm-hmm hot property
2: i think with that tune with uh, mr happy and 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 the tunes around then and bringing it back to kind of the the technology vibe here i think one of the driving factors of why those kind of tunes were so popular was because they sounded good on mobile phones because they had all that that high-end topping yeah so when when i was making stuff we didn't we didn't go with the high-end sims because all we cared about was the bass yeah Mm. Well, and then when it was that transition to how people consumed music and they started listening yeah, to more yeah, shitty yeah. mobile phone speakers, then the 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 sound particularly of of, of jump up and that changed yeah. because it was aimed at those younger kids listening on their mobile phones. So there was a lot of there was no point putting tons yeah. of yeah, well there was sub
1: in there, but generally yeah, they couldn't hear it. Yeah, on, yeah. The, on the and I think that was a a big transitional point. And do you know what? Mm. I think it's actually gone full circle now because a lot of the newer stuff has gone back to almost being very, very well-produced, but with a lot more kind of weightier low-end. And I think yeah, that's yeah. almost come from the thing that, yeah, the kids were playing their stuff on their phones, but now the technology's grown, that every fucker's got a little portable, you know, one of those little portable speakers. speakers. The rude boys yeah. that are just, like, walking around with it in their little man bags. You see people on like BMXs yeah. with on the back. So it's almost like that kind of trend of people listening to music like that, and yeah. about, and having such easy accessibility to a pretty decent speaker for the price yeah. is now allowing the music to be kind of uh, a lot more dominated with those kind of like deeper basses but still very high production yeah. very hard hitting snappy drums so yeah, it's interesting yeah, you bring yeah, that up yeah. But it's definitely a clear kind of um a clear connection between like how mm. people listen to things and how it's like evolved technologically alongside yeah. the, how it's evolved musically you know and people singing the leads. That was yeah, the, the, with that particular yeah.
2: tune, like the kids True. singing the lead of it. Like I've never seen that right. with other D- tunes D- or certain Digital
1: Bumblebee in that as well, you know, like Or whatever tune that is, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that is digital bumblebee actually, or is it? Yeah, that is, that is that is digital. Is yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Hey there, guys! It's Toby Colossus here, and uh, just giving a quick little uh, disclaimer mid-episode, just to point out that we, yeah, we all fucked up pretty bad there. It is not Digital Bumblebee, of course. You guys probably already know it is uh, Bricks Don't Roll. Uh, I'm quite ashamed of myself that I got that got that completely wrong. Uh, yeah, so please, please forgive us <laughs> and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. But.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can get a decent blues two speaker for what, twenty, twenty-five quid now? Yeah. Decent yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess as well, the thing with whether it's every genre, but you specifically notice it on uh DB and other bass music genres is that there's almost like a culture of like saying that people who um listen to music on their phones are just idiots and not listening to music properly. Like it's almost become <laughs> like a part where it's just like, nah, stop listening on mobile phones, actually get some speakers. So because of that sort of culture of crapping on people who listen on phones, it's almost made people stop listening on phones because, you know, you can even get decent headphones, like decent little earphones that pick up sub for like
1: Yeah, these little wireless earphones they're putting out these days usually pack a little bit of punch, you know, as well. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, not even just the
0: wireless ones, but like your your cheapo little... um, the wired ones as well that you can get from like the pound store obviously the pound store ones are a bit rubbish yeah but generally they pick up more sub than a mobile phone i think the beats
2: headphones drove that that yes. change because they were incredibly sub heavy yeah. like to, to the point where i know a lot of people who listen to music me it's like jesus like he's literally just sub and nothing else kind of thing yeah and i think that maybe drove that change back to to, to headphones being bottom end
1: they got big up jimmy jimmy iovine and dr dre absolute entrepreneurs and pioneers within that realm mm. yeah 100 mm. percent facts well that uh this kind of leads on quite quite well to to some stuff i wanted to brush up on at the end to be fair um mm-hmm. So we kind of talked about, um, we talked about like uh, portable speakers and whatnot. And obviously back in the day, I don't know about you guys, but when I was younger, the idea of having something so portable like that as a speaker, like blew my mind, you know? And like, I never thought that it would be such a possibility. Whereas today it's such a normality. It's, you know, it's just fully accepted. So Mm. I was wondering, like, I've got something very specific in mind about this. I had like a tool within production that I always thought back in the day like imagine if that became a possibility and it is actually a possibility these days. Do you want to know what it is? Go on. So, it is the ability to turn your own voice into MIDI. <gasps> oh yeah, yeah, of oh, course. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it is it
0: Vocalia? Fuck That's indeed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: Vocalia. Um so, I just find I just think it's crazy because like back in the day when I was first getting into making music, it's something me and my mates always talked about because we'd be like, oh, I really want to just be able to like, do you only do this kind of thing and like kind of sing mm. the kind of bit. And then now it's like, it, they've literally made it possible. So you can do it with drums, but you can even do it like, like with tonal stuff, you know, with like yeah. instrumentation and whatnot. If you sing the notes, it'll kind of guess the notes accordingly. Like granted, you probably do need to be able to sing a little bit, but as long as you mm-hmm. can, I think it's got quite a good way of um picking it up but Mm. um yeah so that's that's become like a thing and back in the day if like if like 14 year old me knew that 30 year old me had access to this and knew that i hadn't jumped on it straight away and got on got involved (laughs) in all that they they would literally be kicking me but it just made Mm. me think about how like how interesting it is that as you grow up and as like these bits of like technology become more and more uh, what's the word? Just become more and more like common and like, accepted and realistic in our realm, the less you almost like get gravitated towards it. Does that make sense?
0: But isn't that a result of our mindsets changing? Because 14 year old Toby isn't the same as 30 year old Toby. You probably think in a much different way, behave in a much different way as well.
1: Yeah, but yeah, precise. I guess it is to a degree. But just like the whole idea of like being able to like turn my voice into MIDI always yeah. just seem like as soon as that's made possible. I will get on that straight away and it's like i don't particularly have any particular um desire to really try and make it happen now maybe you're right Mm. maybe it's because i'm a bit more experienced in terms of like how i write music and my kind of music theory um education or whatnot you know
0: i guess as well because you know how to write these melodies as well to you, it might come off as a bit of a gimmick at times, because you know how to write those melodies. Yeah. Whereas, but saying that though, I do think like vocalia and so on is so good for people who don't know how to, like people who don't know their music theory well, or don't know how to play by ear. Because there's so many times when you hear, um, I don't know, maybe you've made some really nice drums and you're just like, hmm, I want the bass to go, right? But you're just like, how does one do a br- 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 how do yeah. I write that? Yeah. Um so yeah, I think I think that sort of stuff's really cool. I think I saw um oh what's this I think I saw Stranger do a video mm. about this. Yeah, I think and- that's
1: that's what made me kind of realise it was such a common thing. I remember when they first hinted at the ideas of it, maybe it was like a year or so mm. ago, but yeah
0: i think more so than the the writing melodies part of it well for me anyway i like i'd rather just you know mess around and write the melodies like using a keyboard or whatever but the thing that blows my mind more is the fact that you can do drum hits with it yeah that's cool that's really
1: creative because you can beatbox your drums you know
0: exactly and that speeds you know, up the pe- process so much and you know a lot of people always say you know oh, i don't know how to give my drums some swing or whatever right when you're beatboxing it, you've already got that looseness to the yeah, drums yeah. that you could just, you know, you could quantize it yourself and turn it into whatever you've got there as your kit. And also, it's a bit more personal as well, when you put in your own groove and your own sort of drum fills within the beatboxing, if you know how to beatbox, that yeah. is. yeah. It's funny. It, it,
2: it doesn't appeal to me at all i'm sitting here listening yeah. to you guys and i can i can i can get where you're coming from and i think this is to do with workflow and i think this is to do mm, with yeah, the that yeah, i'm yeah. not somebody i never have ever sat on the toilet and hummed a melody and thought oh I want to oh, make really? tune." Oh, it's, okay, yeah, it's never yeah, happened
1: yeah. to me yeah you're more of like, like you have oh, to sit behind the thing and kind of like yeah experiment yeah, get, okay and, that's like, fair yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah
2: yeah yeah so so it would have i can't i'm, I'm sitting and thinking would have had any application for me at all well here's I'm one then. here's
1: one terry have you yeah. can you think of anything that when you were younger and this is probably going to be to be fair this is going to be like so broad to be fair because you come back from mm. a time where there, like the possibilities have just like exploded you know but was there anything mm. you really remember where you were like something like that would be insane i can't imagine ever happening and now yeah. it's just such a common thing where it's like okay fair
2: yeah, I mean, remixes, I suppose, back in the day, if you were you were remixing a track and you, were, oh, yeah. you wanted to no, replay no stems, the melody, yeah, extracting a melody, yeah, exactly. You haven't got the stems, yeah. you want to extract a melody or something. So, yeah, that that would be...
1: Okay, that's that interesting. That would have saved yeah. half hour or yeah, an hour, I
2: yeah,
0: guess. Yes. Actually, on the whole thing of remixing as well, the idea of, I mean... Even though I'm still a very, very new producer, the whole thing of having to getting being able to take a stem or a sample and so on and convert that into MIDI automatically, I think is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy you can do that
1: these days. To be fair, yeah,
0: because like I know, for example, like let's say remixes. Yeah, you're remixing someone who knows how to do some really complex chords and their chords are you like kind of they've used like this really high-end synth right but you want to change it to like a mellow piano or something but it's almost going to be impossible for you to sit down there if you don't have the music theory to just create Mm -hmm. those chords yourself the fact that you can have something convert it and it be decently accurate Mm -hmm. is quite a game changer i
1: think indeed Mm.
2: It's been around for. It, it's crazy that it, you've only just come across this because I think like, Ableton's had it for about four or five years. I've only been
0: producing for about four or five years. No, four years you less than You should have that. known it from
1: the from the off. Then <laughs> I should yeah, have, yeah. But, <laughs> so,
0: I should have. But I'm a noob with production. Like, Read the manual, dude. Read that I manual. should do, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, first, actually, first off, first off, because we were to- we were talking about the whole idea of. Um, Things kind of like learning about the certain bits of technology, and then it just getting to a point where it's like, "Whoa, I didn't really expect it getting to this level so soon." Do you guys remember when like three uh, D printers first ex- first like got dropped back in? When yeah. was that? Was that like th- 2015 or something?
0: 2015-ish, yeah. 2014, so, I think.
1: Apparently, now the first uh, couple in the world, a Dutch couple, have three uh, D printed their first house. Wow! Well, How? Well, exactly how uh, they've, they basically free printed 3d printed each individual little bit and then basically kind of like constructed it all together. But it's, I think, do you mean they have 3d printed bricks or have they nah, prefabricated? Yeah. Whole yeah, so walls. they've prefabricated like each individual, like it's basically been blueprinted and then split off into multiple different sections that have all been 3d printed and then kind of glued together in a way or like constructed wow. together. Um, But yeah, so that's, it's the first kind of house that's been made like, like via 3d printing, which begs the question about how much cheaper it is to do it like that. And will that become like, like, do you reckon that'll become like a really normal thing and within the next like couple of decades? Well, how strong is the house? Because if you want to take the story
0: of, you know, the three little piggies and the wolf, the wolf brewed, like, blew down all the houses that weren't bricks, right? Mm. How strong is the 3D printed house compared to the prince?
1: Well, I mean, this house is like a... It's, it looks like a small, like, little kind of uh, bungalow type thing. Back to you know what. Also,
0: some
2: of the structures as well with these things... Do you ever see, like... I mean the, the the one I've seen a few times is is casts as in you know have um, you broken your arm plaster yeah there's kind of like a weird almost random honeycomb kind of and it's like these 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 super strong structural textures that the computer's kind yeah, of designed yeah. much stronger than it and but much more lightweight because there's a lot of air in them and so uh, it may be that they are yeah just as strong
1: yeah you, exactly it's it's like I don't think. I don't think if there wasn't any proper, like, thorough uh, health and safety behind it, it wouldn't have gone ahead, you know?
0: Mm, that's a fair point. I'm just looking at the link you sent now, and I love the fact that it's not also your standard house shape, if you know what I mean. It's a bit more unique, a little bit more fresh. So I think. Yeah. Especially with people who love to personalize their homes, like on the inside, like the way people personalize their bedrooms to be a reflection of who they are, mm-hmm. it's almost quite weird in a sense, and also quite awesome that you can essentially personalize the exterior of Mate. your house. Yeah, to it's, be a like, it's like it's like the it.
1: ultimate customization of your of your forever home. You know, mm. you can. Is literally- there stuff in there that they didn't three D print? Like, I mean, why wire- electrical wiring? No, I'm I'm assuming that. Oh, that's a good point. Actually, I'm not sure on I'm not sure on that, but I'm I'm assuming the out mm. the main outer shell, and they'll they probably bought yeah, doors yeah, yeah. and all the door frames and like window frames and stuff. They'll they'll have kind of like um, done all that, but essentially, I don't know if you looked if you guys are looking at the photo, but it kind of looks like a bit of like a little Teletubby home. Really, it's it's interesting because it actually looks like layers. Like
0: yeah, all, like you can almost see each layer of what I assume is like some sort of cement that's being printed
2: i I can i can see the main value being in building custom components rather than building your whole. like i'm not sure if there's any value in 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 not using bricks at this point you know what i mean because it's just bricks are so cheap there's so many of them exactly but if you've got like a custom piece that you want i don't know some piece like a fascia or custom guttering or something then yeah knocking it out on a 3D printer, probably makes because things are really expensive, aren't they? On 3D
1: printers. Well, think about labor as well, dude. Because if you're yeah, using bricks, yeah, yeah. you are having to like pay for an entire team, and you know, like I know it's the classic thing, but you know what? Like a lot of builders are like they they will take a lot longer to do the job and <laughs> a lot more faffing about and whatnot, just because to get the pay up and that, and like fair play to them, you know, every, everyone's on that grind. So I'm assuming that it's like there's a lot cheaper ex, like expenses to be to be had from doing it this way. That's what I mean. That's what I'm assuming. I, like obviously this is me just yeah. really, yeah. really guessing. <laughs> it's I mean, an interesting concept. Yeah. How many
0: people would it take to operate a 3D printer as well? Well, one this size, one that's big
2: enough to create panels for a house, that must be I mean, that machine alone must be extremely
1: rare.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Well, like
1: I'd like you say like something to man it, you probably get someone to like check on it every morning. Like I think like like, like robotics and stuff in this day and age are so advanced, it's crazy. Mm. they do most of the stuff themselves you know yeah but you still need someone who needs to check right yeah Uh,
0: or at least some like someone to operate you know
1: so that's maybe more that's maybe one person compared to what like Mm. 10 Mm. builders on a building site
0: true true um then, mm-hmm. then you probably have to factor in the cost of the three D printer and hiring the printer. Yeah, or do you... I mean, the printer itself would be
2: incredibly expensive. Yeah, so, I mean, I bet you, I bet you that that printer, wherever they've used, their cost as much as an average house. Just something that that can be that big, because most three D printers are like I don't know, a couple of foot.
1: Aren't they? but yeah, we yeah we don't know if that's their printer or if this is just a printer that's going to do this with loads of houses you know so that might just yeah, be like yeah. a yeah. separate company investment and it'll yeah. be well worth it in the because you know what i mean like yeah. we, we've seen this now i bet you if 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 we're all together again doing a, an episode of this podcast next year we'll try and remember mm. and have a check to see how many more of these houses have popped up you know definitely mm. that's a yeah. deal see if it was just a bit of a fad or see if it is something that's kind of caught on mm. yeah yeah, I've got another little thing I saw. We'll not talk about it too much. I just thought it's quite interesting. Did you see the BT? They're doing a router that now, if you lose connection, they uh, they're partnered up with EE Mobile, so no more of your router running out of internet. If your if your router breaks, then you've got that EE Mobile network backup to run off. Okay, drops back to four G. Drops back to four G exactly. So imagine that if you've got some really important things to upload, no more ringing up customer services, tearing your hair out you literally got that guarantee that's interesting i thought that was a really why why has nobody done that before exactly this is what i was thinking when i saw it it's like that seems like such a no-brainer obvious move to do but obviously yeah they've started doing it
0: um with most things where we're like you know why did no one think of it before it wouldn't we always say that to any sort of tech that exists today in the modern age as well
1: yeah exactly um but yeah. that one
0: particularly is already in existence because your
1: phone does it constantly. Yeah, exactly.
0: True, true.
1: Um,
0: so that's a bit uh, of a crazy
1: one. Yeah, like we've had half a decade of like of uh, evidence yeah. of it. You know.
0: Yeah, it's probably all the people that are just like 4G is bad for you. It's probably political,
2: probably mm. more than anything. I suspect BT themselves did not want it to happen. Yeah. But then eventually gave in, or they got the right partnership in place to be able to. To do it because the technology would have been there, donkeys years ago. Yeah,
0: totally. Mm. Fair point. Very fair point.
1: And yeah, just bringing it back to uh, the whole music technology before we go into our little think outside the box segment. And before we carry on, I'm realizing that this episode is probably going to be a bit longer, but I can't see that being too much of a problem. I hope the listeners yeah, are enjoying more this content. More mm-hmm. content. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So do you, are you guys aware of the uh, Elon Musk's Neuralink?
0: Yeah. Yes. kind of.
1: Okay so Terry you don't
0: sound happy about that. Yeah,
1: what's your beef Terry, go on. I just
2: uh, that that guy has his super villain written all over <laughs> him like <eventually>. okay. <laughs> he's going eventually he's going to
1: turn and start murdering people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Musk man. Oh, musk don't do musk like that. No, yeah, no, I, I probably agree. So, yeah, so any any <laughs> listeners who might not be aware of this, I'm sure a lot of people will be. Um, mm. Neuralink is essentially, um, I guess the closest thing you can relate it to is like, you know what they've got in the Matrix, where the machines have kind of got a little like plant linked into you and it kind of projects stuff in your brain. He's basically planning on having it. So, yeah, you've got this little kind of uh, link in your brain installed in there and it'll uh, it'll work kind of similarly to like Google Glass but instead of actually like you wearing the glasses like glass it'll just show up within your like you know Oculus vision or whatever the term is um and i suppose one of the things that they're looking at it eventually getting to is allowing you to be able to like play music but actually just hear it within your own mm. uh brain rather than uh, having to connect to your phone or whatever and listen by Spotify so yeah, what do you guys think about that? That just creeps me out. That
0: completely creeps me out. Um, yeah. So yeah. Just- and the, the natural,
2: the natural progression is people being able to hack your brain.
1: Yeah. To- totally. Totally. Yeah.
2: Uh, advertisers. It'll be. It'll be advertisers will be the first people who do it. They'll start
1: injecting
2: adverts yeah, into for your sure. content that you're receiving nah. remotely. Nah, no, thank you.
1: So, so, is it, so is it safe to say that you two wouldn't, you wouldn't go there, No. No,
0: it's nah. going to be just a bunch of SoundCloud rappers getting into my brain right, so to get well, uh, their new tune out.
1: Let me, let, me, let me riddle you or something then. Okay. So, uh, yeah, there's the argument that a lot of people have right now where they think like, they, they take that uh, concept and they're like, oh, I would never do that. That's ridiculous. So then I go and I think back to, to my sweet old dad, right? Um, mm-hmm. Always, like, when mobile phones came out, oh, you won't catch me with one of them. All these kids are just going to be looking. It's going to be the end of the world. Now, 2021, he's never, never looking away from the thing. Uh, and that, there's basically, there's, um, there's um, te- not tests, but there's uh, research and stuff into all this kind of thing. And essentially, as bits of technology become more and more kind of uh, normalised within our, within our world, people also become more and more normalised to it. So there's an argument that maybe right now we're saying there's no way we'd ever touch that. But who's to say in 20 years' time we're not sat here with it in our brain because there's so many kind of important aspects of like how we live that requires having it, you know, and that we haven't just kind of bought into it. Because if you look back at a lot of generations... A lot, of, a lot of these like, boomers and stuff wouldn't have touched mobile phones. Now a lot of them are, and I'm not saying all of them are, but there's definitely a large percentage and an argument to show that pe- like, people are very easily swayed towards technology as that technology evolves, and especially as that technology becomes more of, a, um, more of an accepted thing and like, makes things like, easier for everyone, you know? Hmm.
0: I guess it is the whole idea of uh, the whole don't knock it until you've tried it sort of thing. Uh, but for me it just really feels a bit intrusive and mm. and this there's a major major difference in the
1: scenario
2: you described your dad can put his phone down
1: that's it exactly and this is in your mind yeah but you probably you'll, you'll be you'll you'll be able to turn off the neuralink i'm sure though <sighs> are you it's sure in
2: your brain that you know, I know,
1: all, I know. That, all i'm trying to say is it's all well and good as saying nah we wouldn't do it now because i'm right now i'm in the stance where i'd be like nah i wouldn't do it now but mm. I'm, i guarantee and maybe in the maybe in the future what, what are you going to do you're just going to cut yourself off from the rest of reality i guess okay, then, in all case, not reality but like you know i, w- <laughs> I wouldn't be the first
0: person rushing to it no no, no way no. But if, if there's enough research that's done that shows that it's not harmful and you don't have to do it, yeah. Okay, well I'll like riddle me this add-on. as well. Then
1: is oh, there God, enough? So many riddles. Is there is there enough research gone into that mobile phones aren't just going to give us tumours? We're literally the guinea pig generation. They've they've they said that there's they they don't know whether <laughs> mobile phones are going to completely like destroy our minds. But then this goes back to the whole thing of I can put the phone down.
0: You still have a choice. Because I don't have the enough info to know whether you can put this Neurolink down when you've got the Neuralink, uh it's, it's very sketchy. If, if I knew already that, yeah, you know, you can completely detached, detach the link, then I'd be like, eh, I'll give it a shot. But because there's so little information right now, which is fair because, you know, this is still a very new thing. Uh, which, so I'm not surprised that there's not enough info. That's why I'm very sketchy and like, would rather wait for more information.
2: I wonder if it, if it would work on a port into your brain rather than the actual thing being in your brain, like um, uh, a cochlear hearing implant. So you have a port, don't oh. you? Then you actually plug the pretty. I'm pretty, nah, I'm pretty sure
1: it, that is it, what they're trying to do, yeah, because you'd have that, to be, you'd okay. have to be able sense. to charge it up. And then I think you'd have yeah. to be able to put it into like an actual... Actually, no, you wouldn't put it into a machine to program it cause you'd probably just program it in your head, wouldn't you? Because you'd see it all. Mm. Mm. yeah either way it's, it's a pretty nutty it's a nutty um concept to, mm, yeah. to even try and think, think about you know being a possibility mm.
0: that's the thing mm. it's interesting that we've come so far whereas this is something that is very real whereas you know if like if we were think, having this conversation 20 years ago people would think we're just kids daydreaming sort of thing
1: yeah mm. and that's the thing like yeah, if you look at how far we've come in twenty years, imagine how far we're going to get within a decade from now. Yeah, it's gonna, it's only gonna like multiply and keep multiplying until until it's just like, whoa, this is a bit much now. Everyone like, mm. can we slow down? But at the same time, the kids would just
0: take it just the same way we took mobile phones because uh, you know the younger mind sort of gets accustomed to these things a lot quicker.
1: Well, this is what this is the, that's that's essentially the kind of point I was trying to make earlier. Ah, my bad. That like these generations, like we're yeah, right now we're saying it seems like such a ridiculous idea, but I guarantee by the time it comes out, there's gonna be so many generations mm. of people that are so game for it. That's something that'll never change in society.
0: There'll always be the older generation that are just a bit apprehensive about going into this new tech.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right, okay, so running into running into this that's linked and then going off on a bit of a little tangent here, so run the jingle. Jingle! Think outside the box. There's that jingle. So, yeah, Neuralink, music in the mind. Do you guys know what the main, like, what the final destination for Neuralink is?
2: Uh, is it a medical application i would imagine one of the big applications for the people who can't hear uh
1: yeah i think that is one of them but like okay the main one is basically the uh, ability to be able to reincarnate yourself through ai
0: <laughs> is this essentially obviously uh, like, i don't mean to trivialize it but is it kind of like the way like have you guys seen futurama yeah the the way yeah, like yeah. you have the heads in the jars is it kind of like that
1: no no not not no not really so, even, um,
0: okay. No mind.
1: So, right. Okay. So, essentially, um, yeah. So, I, fa- I found this. I found this article. So, we're just going to go through some of these, which is like the technological predictions for our world by 2050. And mm-hmm. these these predictions have been made by scientists and people that have literally predicted things over the years that have fully come true. That are just like so deeply involved in, you know, in just like technological advancements and that kind of area of the world that. They're just clued up to know like, when these things will eventually come to, to light, you know. Uh, so this is a guy, uh, Coz Whale. I don't know if I've butchered that name. But he's basically saying that uh, it'll be the ability to bring back our relatives through artificial intelligence. So the idea That's is that by creepy. 2050, we'll be able to send nanobots into people's brains to extract memories of like loved ones. And then uh-huh. you augment that with, like, DNA sampling of the deceased, and it'll be possible to create a convincing virtual version of someone who's passed on. A virtual um, version? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then that can extend to uh, where Elon wants to take it, where you would be able to put your own consciousness into a computer or AI. Mm-hmm. Um, so now a lot of people obviously think of that of, like, oh, so I'll be able just to live forever, but I think it's what not pi- exactly die, is it? No, it's not. It's what a copy of you. Exactly. It's basically an exact carbon mental copy of you. So you would like we yeah, you wouldn't like die and then just suddenly be alive again in a robot. You would no. basically no. be prolonging your consciousness in an AI. So what are your thoughts on that? Would is that something that you think is like completely pointless, or can you see any kind of uh, any reason behind that? I feel like we've learned nothing from movies. <laughs> yes, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This kind yeah, exactly. of thing
2: never ends well. well. <laughs> <is> I, <now. laughs> I
0: was kind of, I was kind of thinking about it in the sense of uh, relatives who have passed away, and um, you know, I obviously that. now, now we're obviously in a in an age where if your relatives are on the other side of the world, you can keep up with them with video calls and that sort of thing. But say if said relative passes away and maybe you struggle to you struggle to properly mourn them or like say like a last goodbye essentially the idea of that consciousness might help people m- to mourn a yeah. relative for example well, then
1: I then it, i my argument would be that you um you're opening a door uh, yeah. that's that's like closed the closure do you know exactly. what I mean? You're not, you're not mourning. You're not mourning you're anymore. Yeah, it. exactly. You're prolonging no. it. And then you'll end up like fantasizing that they're yeah, still alive, that they're not alive. Mm. I think
2: it would fuck you up. It- It breaks the natural order of things. That's what it... It it fucks up the cycle. Yeah, there is the... Life is a cycle. You all have to die. It is a reality. And trying to short-circuit that. This is, again, this is just supervillain territory. I don't want to die. Yeah, literally. But that's the thing. It's
1: like, I could kind of understand if you still had some sort of a if if it was like you still kind of remembered your life but if it's literally just putting your consciousness into a computer which then lives on and you have nothing mm. connected to that other than the fact that it's just a copy of your consciousness it's like what's the point why do i want to mm. why do i want to it's ego yeah it's just crazy it's, i just i can't it's, ram it's my head pure around ego it. yeah
0: it's like yeah. playing god in a set, in a way
2: it is, yeah. It's it's not wanting to be forgotten. I think it's got it's nothing to do with wanting to live forever. It's wanting everyone else to remember you forever. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: It's it's ego gone. That I mean, you can see where Elon Musk is with that, can't you? I mean, it's, you don't have to be particularly imaginative. Yes,
1: totally. he doesn't
2: it, he wants his legacy to live forever, and his legacy is going to be a copy of him repeating himself
1: <laughs> to eternity. Probably, to be honest, mate. Yeah. I mean, an that- extension of this that we've just spoke about as well is um, using nanobots to actually plug your brain straight into the cloud system. And what Ooh, they're planning wow. to do with that is um, basically it, it gives you full immersion with, like, a virtual reality, which kind of, like, uh, which fuses almost with your nervous system. And apparently they reckon they're going to be able to um, to pinpoint, like, memories and trauma That are like giving that are like completely like fucked with your head or whatever, and giving you like insane like mental mental health problems and like mental illness problems, and actually eradicate them. So eradicate like areas of anxiety of your life, and eradicate all these other kind of crazy traumas. Um, And like on paper, I suppose that does sound like a really, really beneficial thing. But again, it's the whole thing of it really intrudes with the idea of like the kind of. How how, like God's work, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, and like who you are, essentially. Yeah. Um,
2: And if you've got the money, right, and the time and the resources to dump into solving what, to my mind, sounds like a vanity project, why the fuck can't you cure cancer? Why can't you feed starving children? Why can't you fix today's problems right now? Why are you so obsessed about the future? Yeah, it's
1: like all these people that are trying to find, like, or that are trying to, like... use the excuse to not be a better person on our earth yeah. because of the mm. potentials of being able to go to Mars and start a new colony yeah. and be like oh it doesn't matter because we've got Mars as the backup it's like no there is no Earth 2.0 like we're yeah, on exactly. our Earth look after our Earth, fuck your ego mm-hmm. and do better for God's yeah. sake
0: and, and yeah. to add to Terry's point about fixing the problems of today these whole things about um, having your consciousness in AI or life on Mars, these aren't even problems to start with no they're not problems. They're just fantasies. They're just yeah. daydreams, uh, and so on. Like, sure, it's fascinating to talk about and all that sort of stuff, but you know, there are higher priority yeah. things for people to work on. People who have those resources.
2: But yeah, I wonder if these fantasies will drive offshoot technology. So, would nanotechnology have an application in I don't know? Inject someone with nano robots, and they. Go through your system and they they find and kill cancer cells.
1: Yeah, yeah maybe exactly. that will get to the point. Do you know what I mean? That's. Yeah, but I can't just I can't can just say that to. that isn't on this list of 20, tw- no, 2050 no. predictions, which you would have thought that should be on this fucking list. Exactly, it really does show yeah. the uh, <laughs> the level of um, ego that a lot of these like. Billionaires yeah. that are in charge of all these technological advancements have because a lot of them are pretty doom and gloom scenarios of just replacing ourselves rather than fixing the problems at hand.
2: I mean, there's did you read yeah. this week? Sorry, go on. That Je- Jeff Bezos became a trillionaire, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and didn't they estimate that you could end world hunger today with something like 300 billion dollars? Yeah, so for a third right. of his accumulated wealth, he could end
1: world hunger now, this very second. You could okay, end yeah. world
0: hunger three times.
1: Well, it's, it's yeah, quite it's quite interesting it. that you mentioned Jeff Bezos because this one I'm going to mention is actually uh, related to him. Now, this this whole list of them, there's quite a lot, and we're only going to touch another two because I'm, I'm I know we're kind of I'm aware of the time we're we're taking here. Um, but this <laughs> this one, these these last two, I'm going to say are the ones that are a bit more kind of light hearted, you know, because there's a lot of doom and gloom <laughs> ones on here. <laughs> but, of course. <laughs> so uh, this is space tourism. A week in orbit. So according to Business Insider, space tourism could be feasible in 2050, uh, but likely only for the very wealthy. No, no, no shock there, right? No, not shocked so at all. So rocket company companies like Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin. I didn't know Jeff Bezos mm-hmm. had a rocket rocket company, if I'm being completely mm-hmm. honest. Yeah, I didn't know that. And of course, uh, your boy Elon Musk's SpaceX. They're going to push the envelope of space travel enough so it'll probably be feasible to go on a week safari in space by the year 2050 i suppose
0: well like you'd be on a specific track to follow through
1: yeah so i think you would basically just like spend a week in like an in orbit and probably visit maybe some of the closer ones it probably they're probably toying with the idea of it linking up to like the moon and mars i suppose at this point yeah um but that's that's pretty crazy Uh, the, the thing i find quite interesting about this one is that um We've talked about how technology and stuff has, has gone by so quick. But in oh, in the ages they've always got the whole idea of being able to visit space drastically wrong. Because I swear they predicted back in the day that we'd be like in space by like the two thousands, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> and did. And we're didn't still they? we're still what? We're still like thirty years off at this point. <laughs>
0: but yeah, would you would you guys go to space? If I had the money for it Yeah I'd be down I'd be down I mean why
1: not you know It's I wouldn't
0: Take pictures of our flat earth Why not You wouldn't You would not No No
1: It's fuck all there (laughs)
0: Bro It's fuck
1: (laughs) There's only fucking Grand expanse of space Bigger than anything We can comprehend So
2: You'll look out the window You'll see it And then ten minutes later You're done No but what do you feel
0: (laughs) Bored which but actually <laughs> hold on, this is actually a fair peckish. point. I, I kind of want to bring it back space to our, uh, the peckish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for God's sake, bro, space I burgers.
1: Gonna, <laughs> I swear they're the best ones.
0: <laughs> oh dear, right, I was on. gonna, I was gonna bring it back to the real world for a second, but um, <laughs> it's because obviously you we are talking about looking out the window. What do you see? And for me, when it comes to seeing the whole planet, if I could, if I ever got the chance, it would be the realization of how small we are.
1: I think that's what uh, I'd like. Yeah. I'd like to be able to see our planet from far yeah. away and be like, whoa, that's like, that's everything I know. You know, and it's yeah. so small.
2: And it reminds come me Come back it. feeling depressed. True. Yeah, but you could, if reminds- you say that, but
1: you could come back feeling like empowered of being like, yo, like... Yeah, I think you could. I've seen everything I need but- to conquer now. Let's fucking conquer it.
0: <laughs> it just reminds <laughs> me Calm of... Calm down, Elon. <laughs> <laughs> Elon part two. <laughs> <laughs> um... I was just going to say, it just reminds me of when when I was in uni back in the day. I say back in the day, it was like six years ago. But um, there was a time, so I did neuroscience at uni, and there was a time when I got to hold a full brain, like, oh. a, like a full, yeah, yeah, a full wow. brain. And even in that moment, even though, yeah, you know, I'm bigger than the brain, I'm not that small, but even in that moment... You kind of feel a bit small because as, as you hold the brain, you sort of realise you're holding what was someone's entire consciousness, their memories, their um, feelings, their yeah, emotions yeah, and so on. Yeah, like yeah. Deep shit. Yeah. I can only imagine. Ooh, were you though? Well, they would have passed Are, away, obviously, but that was their brain. Aren't you just holding a lump of meat? <laughs> oh,
1: <man, this laughs> Terry, me, what would you do? This, you would just, this fucking, guy. Like, just like, smash no, but, it with a meat tenderizer, wouldn't you just be like, meat?
2: <laughs> but that brain wasn't that person. Their personality, their consciousness, their memories was not that brain. That brain no, no, was just no, electrical I pathways.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. But at the same time, that brain was also responsible for their movements and stuff. Yeah. And like the things they thought about, you know, use your brain to think, for example.
2: I think it brings you back to the to this whole kind of, um, this is going to go off a bit wafty now but the whole living in the moment thing and 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 the experience Mm. of being alive is a fleeting momentary thing there is no you can't preserve it or you can take photos and you have but you you know it it, 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 you know it it is it's now isn't it it's not about so that brain you were holding didn't
1: contain that person would not not at that that
2: that moment it was just a bit of pickled meat
1: you for God's sake. right well if that if that isn't the name for this episode i don't know what is it's just <laughs> oh, a no. of pickled meat please please can it be that yes you're just holding pickled meat <laughs> fantastic i absolutely love that oh dear you know what what you just said as as it was actually a little bit profound there and um i oh, know it kind of sums up the themes of a lot of what we've talked about within this episode quite mm. well, to be honest. It's Definitely. kind of rounded up quite nicely. I did have one more thing to talk about, really, but we're, I'm just going to tell you what it is, and we don't really need to talk about it. It's kind of cool, though, before we end this little segment and close the show off. So apparently yeah. we'll be able to charge our phones with the power of a plant. Ooh, what more can really I be said? That. That's cool. There's not really anything you can slag off about that, can you? Everyone loves plants and nah. charging things. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I, there's not an awful lot on how they reckon it's possible. It's basically... You can get
2: electricity out of a potato, can't yeah, you? That's yeah, the exactly. The experiment, the potato clock. Yeah, thing.
1: it's something to do with photosynthesis. I think there's a, there's a mm. company, if I'm looking right here, it's Bayou, like B-I-O-O. It's a clean tech company, and they're generating electricity from plants photosynthesis. So apparently mm. the goal is that once they've done enough into that, they'll be able to... Um, yeah formulate some sort of a device on which you can charge things from it, which it would be so cool, dude. Yeah, like, that would be like, so cool. Like, yeah, that would be so cool. That would help us a lot. Um, but yeah, a lot of doom and gloom stuff on here, so I'm not going to touch up on any of that. <laughs> and yeah, Karen, that was a nice little episode, wasn't it?
0: That was a fun little episode That was a good episode And again Terry cool. thanks again For being a co-host That was good Thank much. you for having That was me. good yeah, fun um, But yeah guys uh, That's the end of the show We realise it's been A bit longer Than the standard But clearly We had a
1: lot to talk about Had a lot to talk about Man we hope uh, We hope all the information Has been uh, entertaining To listen to Ingrained into your brain Like a neural link Yes You know it <laughs>
0: Exactly um, But yes uh, If you enjoyed the episode Let us know What you thought Podchaser.com Slash thinkbreaks Breaks Podcast mm any review helps no matter how bad no matter how good but make it good please because i kind of need that <laughs> we're um, counting
1: on this guys we're counting on it
0: yeah please please <laughs> um also if you want to become a patron shout out to our patrons we love you uh patreon.com think breaks uh, you can get early access to our shows uh, you'll get some bonus shows on our guest episodes uh, you'll get to know who our guests are before everyone else so you can ask them questions as well all those benefits yeah, lots to do, lots to do, um, and lots of fun. Uh, again, if you also want to join the Discord or you want to follow us on any of the socials, just go to thinkbreaks.com. All the links should be there for you. But yes, that is the end of the show. We have been Think Breaks. You have been amazing, and we'll see you next time. Peace. See you later, guys. Cheers, guys.